Hey, <laughs> it's been a while, right? It's been a while since the last time we met over here on the Saturday Night Live. I should probably stop saying Night Live. FPV stream hosted by me, Paweł Spychalski, and today, let's be honest, today we will definitely have an extremely interesting topic, uh, main topic for the stream, because we, well, I think I should start recording that. Uh, because, well, on Friday we woke up, no, actually some of us woke up in a completely new reality. Because on Friday, yesterday, we were teased with brand new, fantastic, new, brand new, super, super awesome 1080p Full HD 90fps, 120fps digital FPV system brought to you by Fatshark. Okay, so how many practical digital FPV systems do we have right now? DJI, we have HD0 and we have this brand new Avatar HD or however we're gonna call it, Wok Snail or whatever. So yeah, no, guess one more time. <laughs> no, um, bottom line. There are still only two FPV systems. There is still only HD0 and there is still only DJI because, long story short, and really we will not go into the details right now, the new Avatar HD is made by DJI. 100% from start to the finish, they are the one that are making the technology, they are the one that own the technology, they are the one that making electronics, they are the ones probably that are assembling everything, at least on the electronic side, they are the ones that are writing the software, only they are not selling this. Um, there is enough of the proofs... <sighs> Wait a minute, I have to touch my wonderful camera. There is enough of the proofs that this is the reality in the internet and we will not even try to say that this is not the reality. Because DJI is really behind the new Fatshark goggles and everything that comes with the walk snail. By the way, what an absurdly stupid name, walk snail name. But mm, the most interesting, actually for me, the more interesting part is, well, why like that? Why everybody says, not, no, 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 this is not the DJI, absolutely not, this is different company, and this is a blah, 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 blah. And there are theories. There are theories like, for example, that the Cadix, because we know, we know that the Walk Snail is really Cadix, because the one of the owners is the same, the Evie from Cadix is the contact person in both places. Uh, so we know it. It's, it's, it's a known well fact. And we also know that Cadix is very closely related to the DJI because they were the first one that were that were making, making or selling. This is also a very good question. The air units for this thing. So we know that this is just the reality. This is not a discussion. However, there are those questions. What really happened? Why DJI is not really saying that DJI owns everything and is behind this thing? And there are theories. Like for example, uh, DJI is banned on the United States uh, from being uh, purchased by the government agency. So you cannot really buy uh, if you are a government agency in the oh that's my batteries in the United States. You cannot buy the DJI because the data might be leaked. And there is a theory because Red Cat 
owns the fat shark uh, and also red cat owns steel drones that are making military military drones um, that means that uh, there, this whole contraption works like a proxy so they can sell fpv systems to the military or at least the government agencies in the united states and i will tell you uh, by the way, King Pupra, uh, please send me an email at spychalski at gmail.com. That is probably the best. Spychalski uh, at gmail.com. If you want to contact me, then do it like that. But but let's let's go back to the to the topic. So they want to sell the DJI goggles to the uh, to the military to the government of the United States because the teal drones is not banned and the Cadix is not banned. So it's a, a, like a proxy scheme. And I say, really, that much effort to well to sell few thousand units to the government agency stops because guess what the US government agencies are not really interested in the FPV systems they are not really interested in something for the racing they are interested in the ready-made drone systems that means that you buy the full package not only the goggles on some transmitters, this is not how it goes. So that would really be like a super complicated way to do it. Uh, besides that, let's remember that the government, if they find out that something is going on, then they can just extend the list to one more company. So th this is not this is not really realistic that this is this is really what's going on behind that. I don't really believe that. I don't really believe that uh, that that's the case. <laughs> There is also a different um, conspiracy theory that Cadix stole the technology behind and just extended it and like is selling this behind the DJI bag so they 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 betray the DJI and now will take over because they stole the technology. They reverse engineer the DJI technology and to that I will say no. <laughs> No, and, and no uh, for a very, 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 very good reason. Because um, unlike Bruce Simpson XJet says that uh, in the yesterday's video, the only not of the shelf thing is not the magic that connects everything together. It's the very specific ASIC that only DJI makes. This is the application specific circuit. This is just a small chip that does all the magic that DJI is doing. And the only people that know who knows how this thing is working and what's inside is the DJI itself. Uh, from what I know, I can speculate the the DJI never licenses the ASIC to anybody else. So uh, I'm not even sure if the DJI is really making the, the Vistas and the Air units for other companies and they are only rebranding this or they are just getting the, the ready-made PCBs only like add something on left and right. So they have no idea how it works. Uh, the technical package for these chips never really went out. Uh, and it's not really that simple to reverse engineer something like that, because for you, it's only a black box. You cannot really like hack and download the software that runs on it. No, because there is no software really like running on it. There is just a hardware that is doing what it's supposed to be doing. So it's not really like that. So it's complicated. And this ASIC, 
basically runs the very fast the compression the compression because this is something that other just others that do not have so no no they, they never reverse engineer they never stole this thing this is not how it goes that would be just stupid uh, besides like dji would if they stole it they can just pull the plug cadix is out of the business done period so no 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 nothing absolutely nothing like that what really happened is uh, economy just like that it's just the economy. Uh, think of, by the way, I will be most probably recording a separate video on this topic today. It's only like we are skimming through the surface. It goes like that. Um, DGI is the DGI FPV system and the, the new Avatar HD. Uh, this is the electronics for that. The know-how is not only for the system. This is the, basically the know-how and the electronics for everything that DGI does. So they are making the electronics for that uh, either way. Uh, they are making the ASIC, they have the technology, they invested in the research and development for the technology to, to run the compression and has, has have this uh, super fast uh, link transmitting video uh, downstream. So, so, so they do with this anyway. Um, but um, it's not that simple to sell a product to a very good, very small niche. Because let's be honest, the, the FPV drones is super small niche. Uh, if I would probably like for every FPV system that DJI ever sold, they sold like 25, 40 uh, consumer drones. So this is not really the, the, the business that you should really be investing in that. But having a product for this relatively small niche uh, costs money. Uh, because think of it like that. You, DGI is a huge corporation, so you have to have the specific department for it. You have to have the manager, you have to have the director, you have to have product owner, product manager, like shitload of people that only have to worry about those new goggles and the FPV system. You have to spend money on the marketing. You have to spend money on the customer support. You have to spend money on everything that is really connected with this. Uh, you have to have trainings for the uh, store employees, for everything. Invest really like a lot of money into everything that goes around the goggles itself. So it's not only the cost of the product is not only how much it costs to manufacture one unit of your product. It's it's much more. It's much more expensive. Uh, and if the niche is small the share of those additional costs comparing to the uh, to the the price to the money you can take back by well basically selling your stuff it's kind of like from the economical point of view it's not really that much uh, a good good idea to have something like that on the other hand there are people that for sure would like to buy those goggles uh, so why not to have both to keep doing what you are doing because, well, if you're gonna have this new mini drone, then you're gonna have the goggles, blah, 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 the technology, the ASIC, the electronics, everything, just keep doing that. But do not worry about anything else. So that doing this and selling this to different people is all that you really have to do. It's only a gain for the DJI because 
assuming that they decided to license the retail, retail part of this whole product, because they are still the ones that are making that. However, they are only making that and do not do absolutely anything besides making the hardware for this thing. Then you do not really have to worry about the marketing. Marketing is outsourced to the retailers. You do not have to worry about the customer support for this thing, because the customer support is outsourced to the retailers. You don't have to worry about returns, at least returns of single units, because one more time, it's outsourced to the retailers. You do not have to worry about the returns but I said that already. You do not have to worry about the uh, warehouse of storing the units or like having the supply chain send this here, send this there, blah, 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 because the retailers are doing that. You do not have to have the huge department that takes the marketing and everything connected with that because you're not doing that. You only like have this one, one part of making the hardware. But Yes, you cannot really charge your retailers how much you would charge your uh, your own if the, you, you were selling that. But uh, if the gain of saving money, of not having to worry about different aspects of the products are above the difference of how, how much DGI is, is charging, then you have a gain. On top of that, um, there's always a risk. What if this will not work because uh, you do not sold enough or stuff like that? They do not have to take the risk of this thing not working because all they have to do is to have the licensing agreement with, with some proxy companies, let's say like that. And uh, the company, like in this case, the Fat Shark or whatever, Pi pays the lump sum for the license. Of course, we don't know. We don't have the agreement, so nobody knows how it's looked like, but I would do it like that. So, like, okay, we pay, like, $50,000 for the license of being able to sell it. Then they, of course, pay for each and every unit. And they do not order one unit. They have a contract that, for example, the Fatshark contracted they will buy from the DGI 10,000 units. 10,000 units. The Woxnail uh, or what whoever else contracted 10,000 units, somebody else contracted 5,000 units. At the end of the day, of the quarter, of whatever, DJI knows that they have to manufacture exactly 25,000 units of this stuff. They manufacture 25,000 units of this stuff, sell it to uh, retailers and do not have to worry about anything else. No returns, no worry that this thing will not sell. They just have contracted 25,000 units of the, those goggles. Done. Done. There, there is no danger that they will not sell something because somebody else is selling. So I think, I think this is really what happened. They decided that it's just better business for them to only take care of the manufacturing part of the stuff. But this is this is really how a lot of business is working. This is not only DJI. DJI have not ever invented something like that. Because uh, you buy, for example, consumer electronics from brand A. 
Do you think that brand A is really like manufacturing this stuff? That they have own factories for everything they do? No. They are outsourcing, manufacturing the production phase to a company that has the factory and they are contracted. Okay, make us 25,000 units of this thing. They are making 25,000 units of this thing to, to one contractor. Then somebody else comes, make us 10,000, they make them 10,000. Uh, majority of the electronics is done in exactly this way. The fact that you buy something from the brand doesn't really mean that the brand is the entity that is handling the production of the stuff you are making. Because why? There are dedicated manufacturers, 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 factories that are building the stuff. You only sell it. And this is exactly the model that they have over there. Besides, so many people don't like DGI. I don't want to buy DGI. I don't want to. But Fatshark. Okay, I will buy Fatshark. Another problem solved. They they are not no longer connected to this. Oh, those outlaw FPV pilots that are should be banned because drones are so bad and they are doing so not responsible stuff. But DGI is no longer connected with them. No, 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 no. We are a very serious company. We are not absolutely doing anything. Don't go those goggles they are not ours those goggles are yeah this walk snail the scadix they this is they this is not us this we don't want to have anything uh, uh, with that we are good guys <laughs> and if some government agency would like to buy some goggles it, it's walk snail it's not dgi everything is fine everything is good so <laughs> i think this is really how it looks like uh, it has nothing to do with uh, the stealing of the technology. It has nothing to do with uh, overcoming the US government ban. Yes, to some extent, yes, this might be. It's just business. And somebody ran the numbers and it turned out that it's just cheaper and more uh, less expensive and will get more money to take only the manufacturing, nothing else. Done. Absolutely. No problem. Everything is good. Everything is fantastic. We have a business as usual. So, um, what do you think about my theory? How my theory, my theory looks like comparing to the theory of different people. By the way, I see 31 people and only 15 likes. This is, come on. This is impossible. You have to like hit the like button because if you don't hit the like button, well, nothing will happen. But I would be happier if you just hit the like button. So, but uh, coming back, uh, back to, ah, okay, uh, King Pupra. Okay, okay, that was a joke again. Uh, you remember? <laughs> okay, this is absolutely on me. This is absolutely my my fault. I forgot. I forgot that on the last stream. Somebody make a joke during on the donation that this is for the how it's called the extended car warranty. I said that it's photovoltaic inside of the Poland, and you remembered. Okay, my bad, my bad. Sorry, sorry, it was a joke. <laughs> now I get it. Now I get it. Uh, it absolutely for uh, on my my it's my my bad, my bad, mate. Uh, so. Thank you very much for your super kind donation. I really like super appreciate that. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, 
I... By the way, um... Ah, no, we'll skip that. We'll skip that. Uh, there are some comments, so let's go quickly uh, through the comments in the chat. Uh, and um, which was a dumb lie, uh, M M2K FPV. Uh, why such a dumb lie about Farshak working on this new HD system for over two years? Lol. Um, because it's all about the brand. The brand is much more valuable if the brand did something, put some effort on it. I bet that Fat Shark is only like the uh, Shell company. Uh, there is only Greg French and everything else is handled everywhere else. Besides, watch yesterday's video of Bardwell, uh, the one when he introduced the uh, the whole the whole goggles. Mm, first of one, kudos Joshua for making everything more engaging, like the cinematic. You're doing the great job on that. I also try. I'm also trying. So watch, especially watch the interview part with the Greg French, uh, because what was said on this. Uh, during this uh, interview and how it was said, I think is extremely interesting. So after this live stream, watch this interview uh, and pay attention that on during the interview, the Greg French says, no, 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 we are not doing that. No, 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 this is done by someone else. We are absolutely not doing uh, anything about it. Yet in the beginning says, yes, we've been working very long and I'm very proud that we are pulling this thing off. And so this kind of statement does not really correlate very well with, with what would happen later. Because in the beginning, yes, we are very proud. Then, no, we didn't have not done it. Look how Greg French, uh, what, the, what the, are emotions of Greg French and the emotions of Bardwell. Uh, look where... Uh, Greg is looking during the interview. Majority of the interview, he's not looking in the Bardwell's eyes. He's not looking in the camera. He's looking somewhere else, like looking like that. And yes, yes, we are very proud about this, everything. No, we are not making the goggles a completely different company that is doing something else. No, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. Mm, yes, this is super, super, super. So, yeah. Okay. And... I bet that the part of the contract is that they cannot just say who, who it was, so he's not saying. Get, there are two moments. Uh, there are actually two moments when I, I noted this uh, because I have... Um, there are two moments when uh, Greg French is actually happy, looks happy. Uh, and is looking into Bardwell's eyes, and you can see that wow, he's ex ex excited and really like engaged. Uh, once is when he's talking about good old fat sharks, analog fat sharks. He's suddenly no longer looking like at the at the table somewhere like that. No, he immediately starts to look in Bardwell's face, and you can see his smile on his face. So he's he he kind of feels for the company. He's really like he's he's the he's the fat shark really. So like yeah, I'm super happy. Uh, fat shark was amazing, and then uh, the second time he looks happy and proud, and everything is fantastic when he says how uh, happy he was that people liked it. That's interesting. He's not doesn't look proud. 
he's not uh, really saying that they did a lot for the development. Probably they did a lot for the business part. But there are only two moments when he's actually happy during that interview. One, he uh, sees the, the joy on the faces of the people that are using it. That means he cares. Kudos for you, Greg, that you really care. And this is not only for the money. And by the way, thank you for the, for the goggles, because you made the FPV possible. And the second one, when uh, he is happy when he is saying about good old analog fat sharks. That's... That's my take on it. Um, yeah. Interesting. Bottom line, he doesn't look very proud or happy during everything else. But okay. Uh, Ken Lipper, uh, don't you think Fat Shark have built the shell and optics and bought the main board from DGR via Walk Snail? But why? But come on, if, if we open everything, how the DJI, uh, sorry, how the uh, the shell of the Dominator's avatar looks different than the, the shell of the original walk snails. They are exactly the same. Maybe different colors, but besides that, they are exactly the same. Even if you like put either different clamshell, uh, then, but this is exactly the same. The, 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 the product does not really change. And that, would, that also would be extremely expensive because the making of the good uh, clamshell is extremely expensive part. Having the good mold costs shitload of money. This is why the fat shark for so long was keeping this ex almost exactly the same shape of the goggles and everything because it was cheaper. They never had to invest in the new molds to make the goggles look in a different way. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, lots of FPV, by the way. Goggles specialists that go with 90 Hz instead of 120. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> price. The price is the only reason that this is 90 Hz, because apparently somebody had a huge stockpile of 90 Hz OLED screen, so they just put it in. Oh, this does 120. Oh, it's so fantastic. This thing does 120. <laughs> no, it doesn't do 120. It just does 90, because you cannot really see 120. That's, that's also... Um, uh, by the way, I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing. Um, this is this is this is nice that we have this DJI V2, V3, whatever the next generation of the goggles. This is good. The fact that, for example, we are going uh, from the uh, 720 to 1080, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Absolutely fine. This this is this is cool. It's nicer to have the higher resolution. But. <laughs> One more time, people are so super hyped uh, about, oh, yeah, yes, it's that 1080, 1080, la, 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 it's so fantastic. But uh, if you count number of pixels on the 1080 and 720, and how much of the more information you have to send to the goggles, but you do not increase the bitrate, the bitrate stays the same. You have still 25 or 50 uh, megabit of the bitrate, but if you bump the resolution, uh, the available bandwidth for one frame uh, 
actually this is not really about one frame about the the, the one second because this is this is for the second goes down so there is only a limited inform set of the information that you have to that you can send and this is defined by the bandwidth and if you if you have um Mm, 50 megabit bandwidth you will be able to send exactly the same number of the information in 720 and 1080 because the bandwidth is the same so the quality of the 1080 is lower than the quality of 750 of course per pixel let's say per pixel uh, because per second is exactly the same 50 <laughs> this doesn't really change so this is like you never really there's a price for for everything uh you price you really have to pay for stuff they dropped a completely analog option that's fine that's that's absolutely fine that you drop the analog option this is this is not a problem at, at one point you just have to say goodbye to the analog and this is fine uh i am for example almost completely migrated to the digital fine absolutely this is just a choice good kudos for you fantastic it's super nice that the goggles are smaller uh it's super nice that the goggles uh, are lighter everything is really absolutely fantastic 16 by 9 love 16 by 9 by 9 i i do not fly 4 by 3 so one more time it's it's fantastic fantastic that they have now lower uh, vtx's smaller vtx's and uh, just lighter and smaller vtx's so you can put them in the places because let's be honest uh, the air units were kind of biggish vista smallish but not really that uh that uh a, a brutes fpv yes the air unit records uh 1080 that's correct but transmits only 750 uh so that's the, that's really the difference uh so just there's not and they are not sending this it's it's capturing 1080 but it's not sending uh 1080 just they just put the stronger asic on the on board and now they have extra processing power to like put the more resolution on the on the air so this is one more time uh drone droid when greg talks about range and reliability he repeats the same sentence word for word definitely rehearsed did someone prepare his statement for him yes yes exactly yes he, he never participated in development of the thing so he just has some sentences he can say probably everything is in the contract probably everything was prepared by the woxnay slash cadix slash dgi this is what you can say don't say anything else period this is staged completely staged but this is one more time fine the product looks really super nice super i i will probably not upgrade it though uh, because uh things that nobody tells you yet or nobody really discusses yet uh if nobody said that this is compatible with the existing uh air units then it's not compatible with the existing air units vistas and stuff like that so you have to buy goggles and the uh new transmitters Transmitters uh, are the same as the 
uh, current vistas and are units, so it's fine. Okay, okay, but they are not compatible. So if you want to migrate from the DJI FPV to this Avatar HD, you kind of would have to replace every single one. Still, uh, check one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight transmitters, one sixty. Oh, let me open the code. Eight hundred sixty. This one thousand one thousand three hundred dollars because I live in Europe, so we have to multiply this one twenty two multiply. Uh, so almost two thousand euros only for the transmitters. Probably I would have to pay. Yeah, pricey. Let's be honest. Okay, one, one, but one and a half thousand euros uh, for sure, and I would not be able to mix them. <laughs> so probably, if, if anything will happen, the prices on the existing uh, air units will go down. If of course people will start to migrate to the Avatar HD or however this thing uh, will be called. And interesting, nobody talks about fly. <laughs> um, um, uh, Blutz FPV, do you think it's upscaled uh, to 1080? I don't think it's even upscaled to 1080. I think it's just uh, 720. By the way, I have no idea how much is outputted on the USB-C with the pseudo-digital output. I have no idea what's happening back there. Uh, but my wild guess is just it's 720 everything, everywhere because you just won't really see much of the difference. So. So, you know, so this is it. But there are consequences uh, and the consequences are severe, let's be honest. Um, consequence number one is that uh, because this is not uh, mm, compatible with the existing hardware, apparently this is not compatible with the existing hardware. Uh, if you want to switch, you would have to change everything. Uh, but this is probably the reason that Kind of they made it not <laughs> not um, not compatible um, and uh, they are giving you the new features so you feel motivated to upgrade and it's okay it's okay it's a business so i understand that uh, but let's think for a minute what you really get uh, when you upgrade from dji fpv to the avatar hd you get Smaller goggles, nice. Smaller transmitters, nice. Uh, I still not understand why the transmitters are not uh, 8S. They should be 8S compatible. Uh, like this is one right now. How many? 6S or 5S? This, this is stupid. That, that, that doesn't make really sense. Should be 8S from start. This thing, you get 1080. Uh, but probably the, the quality is just lower than the 720, at least for per, per pixel. So uh, it depends. Probably when you will fly, when there is a lot of details or you will start to lose the bandwidth because you will fly behind something, you will really like see that something is wrong. But um, probably the worst consequence is that if you hope that DJI will give you the... Uh, Canvas mode on your existing hardware? No. Mm -mm. We will not get Canvas OS, Canvas mode OSD for the existing hardware. This is just, this won't happen because this is one of the incentives to upgrade to Avatar HD. You get the better OSD. Too bad. 
too bad, too bad, too bad. Um, but still, I'm not upgrading. <laughs> At least not not now, not for the prices. I because I for me personally, I don't feel the I don't see the gain. Uh, I don't think this is worth it. I don't. I will not spend like two and a half, more than two thousand euros, uh, only to upgrade uh, some, not all, even of my hardware to to this thing. No, not not really happening. Um, no canvas mode. Mm, and what's gonna happen next? They will probably just probably stop manufacturing the existing goggles because why to have two compatible? Two not compatible. Why to be? What's what's the point of being a competition to yourself? You just drop older product because it's older product. Um, that made might be good or bad because. Bad because well there will be no new hardware probably uh, good because there is a chance that the third party used not not that the used second hand uh, might be actually cheaper. We will know. We will not know. But oh, 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 oh this is beautiful. Uh, this is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um, have you noticed uh, how awful the OSD look like? Have you noticed how abysmal the OSD on those the, the canvas mode looks like? Actually, the font they took just the default, the least nice, just awful font, and just put it there. This is exactly the same font uh, you get on the analog uh, analog OSDs. They are not really limited by this. Uh, like, take a look at the what HD Zero did. Uh, they have just a better font. Uh, they had a higher resolution. No, they took exactly the same eight by eight, copied from the repository here, and it, <laughs> it's like you have ugly font or everything, and then you have nice, nice letter, nice font over there, looking just nice and super. So, so bottom line and the, the icons of the SD card. So like. You could do everything you wanted. Everything you wanted. You could have taken a nice font, upscaled the font. You are not really limited to how the fonts on the Max uh, chipset looks like. Yeah, well, you took the cheapest one because that's the cheapest. Like, yeah, stupidity. And even if that, come on, use a better font. There is impact font, there is clarity font. Everything looks better than the default font they just put on that. Awful. Awful really looks li like shit. You like it like two com the <laughs> the hack on the goggles is the same quality as this one. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> However, <laughs> Um, however, there is still, <laughs> um, however, I forgot what I wanted to say. Uh, there is one more thing. Uh, no pre-orders, no pre-orders, guys. Don't, don't pre-order this thing. The, the pre-orders should be prohibited, banned. No, 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 we should not. Let's, let's wait for someone really like get the real, 
real units and be able to verify if this really like is that because if you take a look at what uh, all the rotor riot guys said yes this is fantastic yes this is fantastic mm, this is fantastic i'm not saying that this is not fantastic i'm not saying that they are well let's say shilling you or something like that no but they are not really 100% most uh, impartial parties over there. So I would really wait. I would really wait. Still, anyhow, 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 anyhow. Oh, uh, <laughs> it, one more time uh, made me laugh. No, 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 we will be ready in two months. No, you will not be ready in two months. Uh, we will not get uh, the working product in two months because I don't believe that they will be able to pull the firmware off in two months. Yes, they will probably release something in two months, uh, but the firmware will be buggy and they will have to release another version, another version, another version, and so on. I know because I work in the software development. I know how much time it takes. So there is a difference between being able to show something to someone and to have uh, really like 100% working uh, working stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, yes, drone uh, droid. Greg definitely swore Fat Shark would never do pre-orders again. And now we have pre-orders. Uh, but this is okay. This is not technically. This is not really Fat Shark doing pre-orders. This is Rotor Riot doing pre-orders, or rather, Red Cat is doing pre-orders. Ah. I wonder. Uh, but I wonder why. I wonder really why this was announced now and not later. Mm, I because. DJI never really works like that. This is the first time I think when they are working. Because let's be honest, this is DJI. Uh, this is DJI. Period. Period. This is DJI. Uh, let's not. Let's let's stop pretending this is not DJI. Um, they just tease you that they might have something, uh, and then there is a huge grand premiere. They show you something, and you can immediately buy it now you have this reveal that they show you that something exists, something is there. Uh, why? Why the change? What really changed? I think this is part of the fight with the HD0. With the HD0 saying that they will be releasing uh, their own uh goggles somewhere this year they say may i don't believe this will happen may like end of this year probably um they just want excuse me for a second okay back so uh where were where was i uh why <laughs> i think this is just to stop people from waiting from the hd0 goggles uh they released uh, not really released they told us this thing exists. Look, look how, how awesome this is to stop people from uh, waiting for the HD Zero goggles. I think this is this is just what happened uh, because that, that just doesn't make any other sense for the DJI. <laughs> yes, I know for the DJI um, to to tell us that this thing exists, uh, but it's not ready yet. Uh, so. <laughs> Robert Garcelon Orca will do open HD. 
Orca will not do OpenHD. The problem with OpenHD is that it's not something that you can just take and make a product out of it. It's just to, to hackerish. You have to be a hacker to be able to use OpenHD. You have to build everything. So no, no, really. So uh, that was very interesting Friday. Uh, but I think we should stop buying, should stop really talking about this thing because we can probably just tackle talk all the day about this, and I don't think this is really worth it. Uh, let me uh, let me quickly go through the chat and uh, let's notice. Uh, let's see what are over there in the chat. Brandon Beans, supposed uh, to be a lunar eclipse tomorrow night, I heard. I'm still up for tonight, but I might try to get out Sunday see, to see the moon. Go for it. Go for it. Lunar eclipses are amazing. I don't think that uh, anything is planned over here in Europe uh, for in terms of the uh, lunar eclipses. Still, uh, I think it's a good... Uh, uh nice fat shark really charging 750 dollars oh my gee that's freaking ridiculous um dollars if this thing would be something you united states people have to understand uh, you have the bloody cheap electronics the same stuff when it goes to the europe it's uh, 30 40 percent more expensive uh, so if this is, for example, on your continent, 750, uh, probably you would have to spend like at least 1,000 uh, dollars in Europe. So um, in terms of the European prices, this is not really that very incentive. So crazy high, honestly, uh, honestly. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, hack of the V1, V2s to get 1080 mode. Um, nobody says that the V1 and V2 goggles uh, can do 1080 because uh, it just might not be possible for the existing generation of the hardware over there to transmit uh, the 1080. It might be just that the hardware is not capable of that and the hardware is only capable of transmitting 720. Because to transmit 1080, uh, you have to have just more processing power, not only the more bandwidth, but also more processing power to compress, decompress, uh, change everything in the signal and just prepare it to put it on the, in the air. So the hardware just might not be up to the, to the task. So that's all. Uh, and that's like, uh, the OSD quality shows this product was rushed out, coming out before car releases HD0 goggles, Robert Garcelon says. Yeah, like I said, this is most probably the, the case. This is just, okay, don't buy, don't wait for HD0. We have this thing, amazing thing. And the fat shark says it's amazing. And Greg French says like this. Yes, this is very reliable. Yes, this is very good. Yes, we love it very much. This is so fantastic. I'm so proud that we worked on it. But no, we were not really working working on the... Drone uh. <laughs> uh. Uh. Droid says that the Greg French is not in charge anymore. I'm fully aware of that. Red Cat is the in charge of everything that Fatshark does. And I'm not really the biggest fan of the Red Cat company. 
the smell of what they did a few years ago with this blockchain thing and blockchain does send us your black box logs like blah 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 and the open source um, controversies over there this kind of left I, I remember i remember and uh, nah. mm -mm. i no no i don't really like um Drone Droid, Carl saying September, October, I think, uh, for the HD0 goggles. Uh, too early. I don't think this will be ready back then. Um, why? Maybe in 2019 that would be able, he will be able to pull this off. I'm kind of afraid that he might just have too much problem of getting all the components uh, with the current, like, problem with the supply chains. So I'm not really sure that's gonna... <sighs> Yeah. Uh, Microthin FPV. I don't understand how there are so many people flying in HD. The manufacturers are not getting it right. I'm sticking with analog video for now. I love Nano Toothless 2. Um, HD just looks better than the analog, period. Um, it's just simpler. I'm comparing the DJI with analog. The best analog is worse than the digital, period. And there is really a big difference. It's not only about the image quality. Eh, image quality, blah. It's more also about the user friendliness. You do not have to worry about channels. You don't have to worry usually about the, the signal quality of good wires, bad wires, voltage spikes, blah, 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 blah. It's just there. It just solves so many problems. You just put the camera, put the transmitter, put the goggle. Everything works. You don't have to worry about absolutely anything. Yes, there are drawbacks, uh, more expensive, but not really that much more expensive. Because if you get the price of the good camera right now and the good VTX and the good antenna, it turns out that the price difference is not really that big. Image is better, usage is simpler, it's just like component you put into your drone. You do not really have to worry about so many things. There's a price, of course, with the uh, with all this thing, especially with the DJI, you pay with the crappy OSD. And that's that's all. There is nothing really to fix over there. And uh, the range handling is different. Uh, there are more limitations. Uh, however, it all depends if you need the good stuff about the analog. Mm, because if you don't need the good stuff about the analog, then... Oh, well, I also thought that I would stay with analog. Oh, well, I haven't. NDG has a question, finally, something... Let's hope it's not about the DJI FPV V2, V3, whatever, Avatar HD. Can anybody help me? I can't connect to Beta FPV 65 and Beta FPV 75X HD to Betaflight. I used all tutorials, but I don't connect, not uh, via virtual USB or normal COM. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, hard to tell without really like being with you and seeing what you are doing, but this is either the cable, you have the wrong cable, and uh, trust me, USB cables go, go wrong much more often than you can uh, imagine. Uh, you do not have the correct drivers, you need the drivers for the uh, STM32 VCP. And you just don't have the drivers. But you, you never said that if the 
Betaflight Configurator detects even the COM port or does not detect the COM port. We don't know because you never set uh, uh, it. Um, or you have a software that uh, hacks the COM port. Uh, usually, very often, uh, this is by caused by the Cura, for example. If you have Cura for the 3D printing, then shut down Cura. Maybe something else is uh, is taking. Check on a different uh, PC. Maybe this is the, your PC, and just try to figure out what's the difference between two PCs when you can make it running and not make it running. Uh, but like. Mm, everything um, it's really hard to say without really like being and there for you and with you sorry sorry i cannot really help you more drone droid is ue pricing due to import tax duty government wants its share e, to some extent yes mm, because uh, yes there are um, there is value VAT. there is VAT in europe you have to pay VAT. so everything basically everything you import to europe it's uh, 20 something percent more expensive than in united states we do not have like a sales tax for example uh, you can have in the different places in the united states because uh, we rather do not have it like a state it's more like the, the VAT. so 20 percent automatically uh, of course the import duties yes but they are not really that big it's very often just because the company that is selling something just thinks they can squeeze more from the european market just like that uh, because there is less competition and they think that only because of that we can just charge you more because for example this this com this 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 country is uh, richer than the different country period so the differences very often between the prices in the United States and in Europe are much higher than only the importation and the fat. Much higher. It's really like sometimes like absurdly stupid differences. And it's not only because of the government wants their share. It's also because the, the, the corporations wants their share. They just think, yeah. Um, um darren you says that difference is nearly double uh, 70 pounds for the decent analog vtx camera and antenna 130 for the digital uh, really no no it's not really that much of the difference it's not twice no i don't really agree that this is this is twice um but maybe i'm wrong it's been it's been a while since i bought something uh so but okay uh, we can just uh, see something um let's find a camera what's the best analog camera right now foxy uh foxy caesar i don't know what foxy caesar is by the way foxy is not talking to me and by the way cadix is not also not talking to me i think at one point cadix decided that i'm not talking to pavel he's too small so they are not longer talking to me okay that's that's their prerogative they can talk to whatever they want they decided not to talk to me whatever um how much is for the t-rex um because i think this is the best analog uh, camera uh do they even make this thing so the t-rex is uh, <laughs> 49 dollars the t-rex is here's is the 56 so let's say that the 50 bucks for the uh for the camera what's the best vtx 
Ah, TBS? No, not the TBS. Let's say Rush VTX. Rush makes a good VTXs. Uh, so we have this is too small. Let's have something decent. So we have uh, Rush Tank Solo 49. So we already at 100 already and you still have to put the camera uh, and you can have Cadix Vista for how much? Cadix Vista Cadix Vista is 170 so 172 for everything including the antenna and uh, camera and uh, transmitter so 170 bucks and we would still have to count that you have to spend 120 120 bucks for very good camera and a very good uh, VTX and a very good antenna and still the quality and the ease of use on the digital would be much nicer and you can for example about here but this is without yeah so so it's not really twice it's not really twice Darren it's really like uh, the, depends on what you really expect like I said it all depends what you expect if you want the full-blown OSD with everything that the analog OSD offers, then uh, just go with the OSD. However, I, I, I'm talking about me, and this is my personal preference. I, I'm absolutely 100% fine with the digital uh, FPV digital. The, sorry, the DJI OSD, which is crap. But I have everything I really need over there when I'm flying freestyle, flippity floppy around the tree or somewhere with the airplane. By the way, <laughs> I I decided that um, I will be flying more with my airplanes this uh, this uh, this summer. I even decided that I want to have the DLG again, so I will have to buy me a DLG because of all the previous DLGs I had, I kind of destroyed. And uh, today I wanted to even record the video of one more time me flying with the Flybot Flux. Now, by the way, Flybot Flux is my favorite flying wing, and I'm remaining this thing uh, every year since like three or four years. <laughs> Because every season I'm I'm just uh, changing fancy stuff and this thing flies again. So for this season I put the digital FPV, I put the pitot tube, I fitted the um, cam HD camera over this like like really like pimped this up, took it for the first flight. Whoa! But it's like I was like okay maybe CG is slightly too far back. I will like update the CG slightly forward, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then let me show you what happened then. <laughs> Um, and then, <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> and this is the sad, sad, sad remains of my flux after uh, the gust of wind caused this thing to roll to one side and just crash and everything like split in half good thing that uh, the things that uh, are not easily replaceable survived so the only thing i really have to do is to print new 3d printed elements and put it back together maybe reinforce motor because in one place the motor mount is really like the carbon really like is um, uh damaged but but okay but okay um a problem <laughs> A problem, so so I will have to invest in fixing that. I 
And yesterday I destroyed, well, partially destroyed, but I still will have to like spend uh, one evening fixing that my 4-inch drone. And today I kind of one more time almost destroyed one of my 5-inch drones. So, and battery, and also lost one battery because of the crash. Um, you, oh, by the way, you don't, you won't believe what, what went wrong with the drone. I broke the pins in the XT60 connector. Uh, it was really like uh, this this connector was in use for like three years and I was like it was getting close so I was like uh, expanding the the connectors the the copper part inside to and it just broke like oh oh fuck like and this is with problematic replacement because this is tight built with some custom parts so, uh, yeah Mm, and the Dread Cadix Rattle 2 and Speedy BTX uh, $800.50. Both are excellent, so digital is 100 premium for quad over analog. I, I don't agree, but we don't have to agree. This is this is this is the beautiful part. Uh, we don't have to agree on anything, and it's so beautiful that people don't have to agree on anything, because I can have an opinion, you can have an opinion. And those are only opinions. You do not have to do what I tell you, what, what my opinion says you should tell you, and you don't have to do so in board way. Let's agree to disagree. Um, but okay. By the way, I don't like Cadix Rattle, by the way. I don't think it's a very good camera. It's okay antenna, but not really that good antenna. Before that, Mirkaten FPV, how is INA5 going? Is there a possibility to implement a pit analyzer like Plasma 3? No, we will not do anything uh, like Plasma 3. You can use Plasma 3 with INA black box locks. Just just use it, no problem. So, uh, Cadix Rattle 2. Cadix Rattle 2 is uh, 30 bucks, not, can you see, 30 bucks, not 25 or something like that. And uh, so 31, 32, let's say 30, 30 bucks and speedy BTX 800 is how much right now? Another 30. So we have 60 already and this is without the antenna. I don't know. Erhats, so antenna and at not the something like that so five so 60 65 70 ah so you know the difference is not really it's there but i still don't think that the rattle is the best you can get and there are just better but that's my opinion you do not have to listen to what i say because i'm only blocking the internet mm. Uh, Micro 10 FPV says that Foxir makes better cameras. I also agree that Foxir makes better her cameras. I, I think that the Foxir right now makes the best analog cameras. That's my opinion. However, I have not tested any new camera for some quite some time. Uh, Foxir stopped sending me samples, so I'm not reviewing them anymore. Cadix also stopped sending me samples, so I'm not reviewing them anymore. Whatever. Okay, uh, I thought it would be very interesting topic for today's stream because Orca bought Immersion RC. So one one company less, a drone company less, uh, Immersion RC Rapid Fire, Easy UHV or however this thing was called, 
and now the mercenaries see ghost and the orca bought them um that kind of just um supports my theory that we're gonna see more and more consolidation on the market because the market is uh, shrinking and there is not enough place for too many of the small companies doing stuff and uh, companies will be just merging to to create bigger conglomerates because it's simpler to survive as a bigger conglomerate when you for example not only handle the uh research and development and making hardware but you also handle the the retailer part of that and orca with the fpv so it kind of makes sense for for them but you know you know so i thought it would be very like that was supposed to be the main topic for the chat but come on who cares who really cares that orca bought immersion rc hands up Hands up, who cares that Orca bought Immersionersy? I don't care. <laughs> uh, Droid companies consolidating all over the place. Eventually, it will be just DJI and Red Cat. No, I don't think that would really be the situation. Uh, because, well, that would be... Yeah, okay. Uh, I know five. Mm, this is also something interesting, and I know that uh, quite a lot of you are interested of what's going on with INA 5 and when we're gonna see the INA 5. Uh, most probably, I will build the release candidate, first release candidate for the INA 5 uh, in two or three weeks, and maybe even in two or three weeks, we're gonna have a stream dedicated fully to the INA 5. Because although the amount of the changes for the firmware is it's not that really huge because yeah we change something it's better it's it's okay we have some nice no, we have we do have nice improvements for the ina5 i think the most important changes for the ina5 come with the ina configurator because this is really something uh, darren if you are still here and i do think you are still here i really would like to thank you very much for helping with the development of the INAF configurator because thanks to your help and many other developers by the way the INAF configurator is just better than it was ever it's amazing how good the INAF 5 configurator really will be there is a shitload of super cool features uh, that uh, I think you should love I really do think you will love uh, you as you uh, let's quickly go through them this is not official yet the list might actually change uh, so but just to let you know that yeah you really might want to have this thing first of all this is the magnetometer tab over here you can set up the magnetometer not the calibration but the orientation with the sliders you just enter how the magnetometer is oriented uh, comparing to the to the body of the frame you do something like that you hit save and reboot and the configurator saves the exact uh, orientation of the magnetometer so now finally it's relatively simple to just have the magnetometer tilted in the back just like all the beta, beta flight quads have 
before that you would have to understand how the process is working, how the values correlate. Complicated. With this thing, you only use the slider to enter some values. You enter this like that, like that, like that, and you are done. So, just like that. Beautiful work. Uh, really, really, really beautiful work on that. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is one. Uh, two is that the configuration tab got smaller one more time because you do not, for example, see anywhere over here the 3D motor configuration uh, because this was finally moved to the outputs tab. So if you enable the reversible motors, you have the values for the reversible motors because why to have it uh, in another uh, other way? Mixer. Mixer is also amazing. This is this is 100% thanks to the Darren because if you select the airplane then we have those super nice color labels that visually allow you to connect which servo has which rules by the colors just and also the values over there the the names over here actually correspond to the servo output so you see the left servo is the s2 so you just connect the s2 to the left servo and you are golden and of course s1 as the motor number one and this is working for all i think uh, airplanes for example airplane vtail one more time the same you load the mixer you have which uh, servos are connected to which rules and which outputs are going into which uh, each servos beautiful really 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 beautiful uh, functionality so so this is super cool and I'm super happy this is just like that so so this is this is nice what else uh, this is cool also uh, you see over here we also had profiles and we also had battery profiles and some of the values were global, some of the values were uh, profile uh, specific and some of the values were battery profile specific. Now uh, every time there is a value that is the battery specific it will have the background of this yellowish uh, color over here. However, whenever we're gonna have something that is profile specific, the background will be well bluish. So you can simply just guess uh, what goes where. Also on the PID tuning we're gonna have sliders. Uh, so the table we had over here previously when you were able to tune the navigation piece and stuff like that, it's there. Uh, but it's not visible by default because usually you do not really have to worry when PID tuning is mostly about this crop and here we have sliders uh, to change the values so you can still use the manual entry to change the values because if you want to you can still do it absolutely no problem but also you can use the slider for example if you have a touch device and uh, you see you can use the keyboard to increase the values and this those, those are very interesting sliders <laughs> because um, for example the p gains can go up to 255 and this is possible range but anything basically above 110 on almost any build is just crap so for the 80 percent of the travel the scaling is let's say normal but the rest 
this is the fine tuning and here you have the coarse tuning if you really 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 do have to use those crazy high uh, values and this is for most of the sliders over here like the eye gains also to 100 something goes smoothly with the fine adjustments and only those goes to the chorus adjustments. Um, also some sliders over here, some sliders over there. Darren, do you remember if we had any improvements in the mission control? Mm, I don't think so. Changes here, changes there in general. Quite a lot of the new stuff in the configurator. Uh, so, so this is really something that uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really. I really do like what what you and others. Oh, this is oh, another beautiful things. Oh, this, I, this. This was so irritating before that. Uh, let me quickly reset all the settings. Uh, disconnect and connect. Previously, when you had the defaults dialog and you hit any of the uh, presets over here, you had to go to the mixer tab and then one more time manually select the mixer. No. You don't longer have to do it because when you apply the defaults, uh, the mixer will be applied as well. Just like that, one step less to set up everything nicely flying. Um, so that's kind of really like, uh, yeah. Mm -mm. Okay, so, so this one. Um, okay. So this is here. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Mm. And some changes. And the, by the way, uh, a lot of new targets for the INAF5 uh, firmware. We're gonna have the new stuff from Kakuti, new stuff from the uh, Holy Bro. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, this is really something I want to show you because this is super cool. Uh, uh, the Kakuti H7 Mini. <laughs> <laughs> this is so so tiny and well so tiny the normal small flight controller uh this is 20 by 20 hole spacing and this is h7 this thing has h7 this thing still has uh, all the serial ports this still still has the eight motor outputs and this is so small <laughs> amazing no really they they, they did uh, an osd and this thing even still has analog osd if you really want to use it the only price is that there is no sd card and you kind of have to use the uh how it's called the flash which is, which is only 16 megabytes but well you know it's it's better than nothing um some pneumatic boards Ooh. Mm, because for example over here i have some samples of the uh, f405 mini te we have the this but i already made a video about this this is the uh, f uh, 405 WTE with the Express LRS uh, integrated into, into this. We have the full plethora of the new stuff from Diaton, a lot of Mambas. And, uh, and, and you know, so really a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, H7I, I, I'm, I'm building right now the... Um, I'm not really sure when I will use the H7 from the Kakuti Mini. I think I will put it in my 7-incher, uh, because why not? I, I'm also building right now my own 3-incher with my own frame, 
um, which I should hopefully get next week. Mikołaj, if you are watching this, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, he's probably not, not watching this. Probably he's doing some pretty interesting stuff. I cannot tell you really what he's doing, but this is really a pretty interesting stuff, what Mikołaj does. He's flying drones in fancy places. <laughs> um, I got the motor, so, so it will be nice. And putting H7 on the 3-incher, that's probably an overkill. I think that's an overkill. Uh, Nord49RC, yes, I have a video on the F405 WTE. I published this like two weeks ago or something like that. So just go to my channel, search for the video because I recorded this thing back then. So you should be golden. What else? Kasra Raser. Kasra. I will just say your first name, Kasra. Uh, can I point us in the right direction to make firmware modification? In example, development board's recommendations, stealing, debuggers, cross-compiling, testing, etc. Now? No. Um, the thing is that there's just too much stuff going on um, and this would really have to be a long, 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 long series of the videos and I don't have time to make the long, 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 long series of the videos uh, that so little people would actually watch. So I'm not really planning anything like that. Mm, there is a lot of tutorials how to use ST-Link, uh, how to... Development board. I'm not using development board. I just have a flight controller like put on the piece of the plywood with some extra stuff and this is my development board. Works like a charm. I don't think anything else. So so this should be should be absolutely fine. Close enough. Let's just say that is close enough, but this was about your name, <laughs> not about this. So I'm using this. It works and probably will work for anybody else uh, as well. Uh, Chris Whitehead, uh, have I missed bidirectional D shot in INA5? No, you have not missed it. There will be no bidirectional D shot in INA5 uh, because the bidirectional D shot is uh, useful only in the case of the RPM filters. Uh, INA pilots very often want to have a different kind of the telemetry, for example, the temperature or the current, not only the RPMs. Uh, there is only, this is just too much of the work to pull it off. We see no uh, reason to invest time into it and the filtering setup in INAF works just fine. You do not really have to have the RPM filters enabled all the time to have everything working. Just, it just works. It just works. Beautiful. You just flush it, use it and everything is 100% fine. Usually. Uh, Roy, Dominic Clifton mentioned that H7 is able to boot from SD. How difficult would it be to run, I, to run INA from SD card? But why? Why do you want to run INA from SD card? What's, what's, what's the goal of doing that? Why? Why do you think running INA from SD card is a good idea? Yes, mm, it can 
this is this is this is a trick that uh, Dominic pulled off with his H seven five zero flight controllers because H seven five zero MCU has only one hundred twenty eight kilobyte of flash, so you just cannot really fit the flight controller firmware in this one hundred twenty eight kilobytes of flash. But it has a plenty of RAM. So so what uh, what what how for example is he selling H seven five zero flight controllers? You have the firmware on the SD card. Uh, the bootloader in the flight controller reads the SD card, copies the uh, pro code from the SD card to the RAM, and then executes everything from RAM. That's all. But this is this is the hack to make it work on the H750. Not really something that makes sense in, in the longer run. If you can just fit it into the flash, just fit it into the flash. That's just simpler. Um, there is no danger that the SD card will die or something like that. It's just better to have everything in the flash than to read it from different places. So I don't think this really makes uh, makes sense to, to have it. Yes, maybe you can program something simpler. Yeah, okay, maybe to keep the configuration on the SD card. Well, okay, sure, but besides that, eh, I'm not really that much into this uh, into this thing. Uh, Matrix filter is good enough. You know, it's... I, I made a test a few months ago and I disabled the Matrix filter uh, because I wanted to check what's gonna happen when I disable the Matrix filter. It wasn't flyable. <laughs> you could not fly the quad. It was flying perfectly with the matrix filter on, disable matrix filter, unflyable crap. Absolutely unflyable crap. Uh, and the dread to run INAF on F411 in the future. But the, it's not only about the flash, it's also about the amount of the memory. And F411 is the smallest and the cheapest and, and the weakest. So. And to which, by the way, F411s have SD card. Are you are we aware of any F411 flight controller that has the SD card integrated? I don't remember any. So that kind of would not work uh, either way. Yeah, but you see. Um yeah, but but anyway, uh, the INAF five should happen in the next few weeks. Hopefully, there is there are still a few things I want to add, and uh, but in two weeks we should have the release candidate. I think that's the realistic approach, and we will not have the release candidate for half a year, like <laughs> almost right now the MetaFlight does, uh, because. Beta flight. Uh, I know we have we have to do a beta flight segment every time. Beta flight is by far the most popular flight controller software right now. So you just have to make the segment on the beta flight 4.3. Um, there is a lot of uh, still fixing happening in the beta flight. If you open the beta flight 4.3 milestone, you will see that there is still like uh, 10 open. Uh, pull requests, so we will have more than 500 pull requests only for the 4.3 uh, branch. Um, some failures, uh, some stuff going on, so we have a progress which is good, so maybe soon mm, we will have uh, Beta Flight 4.3. 
if we take a look at the uh milestone here in the issues not really that much so maybe finally this is like coming to an end to an end because uh if we go to the releases uh and go to the when the first uh, rc was released the first RC was 24th of December 2021. That means it was five months uh, since the first RC1 was released. Almost half a year. Um, and also that means that the last uh, official release, the, the stable release, not minor, not mi minor, but major, uh, 4.2, was released two years ago. So it's really time for Betaflight to release 4.3. Yes, I know people say yes, but the nightlies fly just fine. No, they don't. If the nightlies were flying just fine, we would not have like the fifth or sixth release candidate now, which in every single one of them, they fix something kind of important, like for example, GPS rescue not working, or crossfire not working, or something else not working. So it's not that there are no problems. There are problems, Betaflight devs are working hard to fix the problems, and let's hope that soon we're gonna have the next release finally over there because it would be would be nice. On topic of the releases, we also have the HTX 2.7. Uh, I went quickly with the HTX 2.7 changes and there is actually one that's really like important because in the HTX 2.7, you can right now set up the ADC filtering uh, per model because in the previous releases and in the HT OpenTX, the ADC filtering on the sticks is uh, global uh, and when you do fly without the flight controller you kind of want to have this filtering enabled uh, it was global now it can be enabled per model which is very nice feature and uh, I think this is this is actually the biggest change in the HTX 2.7 everything else is either rather the uh, radio specific or not really that super important but this having the ADC, ADC filter the on the model profile is yes, it's a very good very good very good choice mm -hmm. okay okay so that what Okay, uh, Drone Droid has a question. Uh, was just curious how it works. Potential to dual boot for INAV or do BF comparison in the field? Yeah, yeah, no, no, not really. That that rather will not. <laughs> I think that's not that simple. But but you know. Who knows? Maybe. By the way, how the time flies? It's we still have half an hour, Jen. Uh, so uh, in the next half an hour, I'm ready to answer a lot of questions from you. Oh, Whirly Blow, hello, Owen. Uh, and uh, this is this is a nice. Mm, this is this nice comment, Weirdly Bloke, by the way. By the way, uh, Weirdly Bloke, uh, let me make you a moderator. Uh, because this will make me see you doing something in the chat more clearly. So now every time you will write something, it will be written with the blue font. So I will know that you are a moderator and you are there. Nice one. Uh, 
Bluefish, I have has Pineo. So it's that. And Woolly Bloke says that they try to put too much into 4.3. I don't think that this is um, this is correct observation, but it's not that they try to put too much. I think the biggest really problem of the 4.3 release is not that they try to put too much, is that they waited too much because. Um, In every open source project, people come and people go. Uh, this is normal because just this, we don't have to. We don't have to. So we do stuff when we want to do stuff, and we don't do stuff when we don't want to stuff. Like Betaflight was started by the Boris B. He was the maintainer of the of the project. Then uh, Boris B. decided. Screw it! I'm off. I have different uh, different stuff to do, and I then then the Michael Keller took over as the maintainer. However, somewhere around 2020, also uh, Mikeller kinda got into the phase that he evidently got bored, and that means he was not really like doing that much uh, for the for the community. And I think this just meant that for around a year or something. There was nothing, no one who really thought that uh, he's running the project, and this only changed uh, kind of recently, uh, in the last last year or so, that uh, finally somebody takes responsibility for the Betaflight project. If we if we take a look at the insights of the in the GitHub. Uh, there is this uh, contributors uh, section, and you can basically select the time range on which we can observe. So, for example, see, uh, Mikeller uh, in the last uh, basically stopped committing, but he, he kind of, if we extend it to something like that, then you see how much of the decline of the number of commits from the Mikeller happened, and how, uh, for example, uh, Steve uh, C. Evans uh, started to work on the project. So I think what happened was really like change of the of the of the practical maintainer of the project, of who's really responsible, who's really doing stuff on the project. Right now, it seems like that Steve uh, is running the project. Previously, it was. Mikeller that was running the project. So that I think kinda was one of the reasons that for we had to wait, have to still have to wait for 4.3 for uh, for so long. Um, this also means that uh, if there was no one really like pushing, then it was not really happening. By the way, we have exactly we had exactly the same situation in the in the INAF uh, right now, because please do remember that the INAF was started by the Constantine. He's really the, the one that started INAF. And uh, but right now also Constantine uh, like uh, stopped participating in the project. But this is his 100% his choice. He's free man. He can do whatever he wants. He has very interesting projects to to attend to, by the way, because we like exchange uh, a word or two now and then. Uh, however, the INF project was, uh, let's say, in the comfortable position that uh, I was all the time around. So I kind of naturally took over when uh, Constantine stopped uh, participating that much. He still 
does some stuff from some time to time. He, he can you can see him in the in the chat, for example, uh, on the Telegram uh, on our our chat or uh, dropping a comment here and there. But I kind of naturally took over, so we never had this face of that nobody really cares about Ainav. So so that that was actually good. But this is normal. People come, people go. Uh, I I might leave next month. From Aina because I screw it. I don't, I'm tired because I am tired, but I might. I'm not. <laughs> um, but this is a completely different story. So, will the Aina, for example, what would happen if I would leave the project? Project will probably continue because uh, Darren is there. Uh, there is still Bredoven who's doing right now ex a lot of very super interesting stuff for the for the for the project. So so absolutely no problem. There are people that are committing to the repository since like very very beginning and they keep doing that. Um, one day they might stop. And please do remember that <laughs> the hobby is not really growing. So so yeah. Maybe I should skip the next release. I'm tired. Who wants to take over? Who wants to take over of being maintainer of Einav? Hands up. You know my email. <laughs> um, so you know. Um, that's that's just how it goes. So yeah, dual boot. Yeah. I don't think so. No. No, I will not work on that anyhow. Anyhow, um, I kind of got depressed now. Hmm. Okay, I should not be depressed now, so let's talk about HD0, because it was a while since we were talking about digital FPV system, right? HD0. Uh, some time ago, um, HD0... Announced, re-announced, reminded that HD0 is planning to go open source and open hardware fully. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, why the haha? -ha? Because uh, I think this is slightly like the. They are not really telling everything uh, because HD0 is not really going the open source. And HD0 is not really going the open hardware because the HD0 is not uh, putting the ASIC that does all the magic as the part of the open hardware. So if you cannot just uh, run it on whatever you want, yes, the code is there. You can run it on whatever this thing is running. You can get yourself soon. In the, I don't know if this is public right now on net. Uh, so you can like start to play with the code at least some parts of the codes, but you cannot really see what's going on as on the black box that handles the transmission and coding and in general transmitting the video from, from point A to point B. This is not going open source. So I'm. It, it's almost, it's a good thing because if they will really do it, uh, that might actually unblock quite a lot of the potential because if the community really will be responsible it will be participating in the in the in the development then it might mean that the development will be quite rapid and fast and be really happening what what's supposed to be happening but um, this is not like uh, enough open source because enough open source means that you can run it on any stm32 any 
you can make just some of the adjustments and you can uh, have it on any of the STM32 and if you put enough of the effort into it you can probably port it to a different architecture as well. However, in case of the HD0 and they going open source it doesn't mean that you can run it on anything. You can still only run it and have the practical working uh, stuff on the DVMath uh, chipset. And that's all. Uh, nothing else and only place you can where you can buy the DVMAT chipset is of course the DVMAT itself because why it should be uh, I don't think that uh, drone droid the analogy to the Android and the Snapdragon is uh, is valid because Snapdragon is not the only CPU that uh, Android can run on. Please let's remember that the uh, Android itself is a Linux internally, and you can run Linux on absolutely anything you want. Intel AMD, you can you have this running on ARM. You can have this thing running on the STM32. There are Linux is running on the STM32. At the H7 is 100% capable of doing something like that. But uh, but you know what? It's it's not really exactly the same. Uh, Android is uh, just the operating system. Uh, it's a full-blown operating system, uh, while the HD0 is just a video transmission system for the RCFPV. So kind of the scale is slightly different. So similar, but not really 100% uh, exactly the same. So, okay. I'm kind of out of topics, so if you would like to continue this discussion of ours, then you kind of have to throw something on my side. Uh, I mean, like the topics to discuss, of course, uh, because like I said, we are, I at least do not have anything else prepared for today, because my list is now full. I talked about everything I wanted to talk, and uh, Shark, Fat Shark, Dominator, HD, Avatar, whatever uh, thing. Uh, also, we kind of have to plan the next uh, stream. I think that it's fair to say that the next stream will happen in two weeks, on the 28th of the uh, May. Uh, let me quickly put it in my calendar. So at uh, 7 p.m. We're gonna have the live stream and it will be INA 5 uh, live stream. So on the 28th of May at 7 p.m. let's meet on the RC1 INA 5 for this event. Yeah, something like that. Uh, because by that time we should i think i we should have everything uh, we want for this thing uh drone droid no no auto tune i kind of had no time recently to work on that so so this part of the code is kind of dead and not really much is happening with that but still we have kind of it will be nice i think a 9f5 will be a pretty nice release with the nice uh, evolution and uh, INA5 kind of proves that you can have a steady development cycle with major release every six months. That means that um, Mr. D falling with style, uh, Darren, <laughs> uh, cutoff for the code was the 31st. But it's only two days earlier. 
Uh, we can just modify. Uh, no, my actually my original plan is to. I think I even set it. I think I even set it uh, somewhere. Let me quickly check what I actually set in the uh, in the repository because who knows on the mail milestone. Let's quickly open the milestone 5.0 due to my 31st. Ah, okay. Yeah, but the 31st is Tuesday. That's stupid to have something like that on Tuesday. So. 28 because why not uh, <laughs> um, so that mm. It's only three days, Darren. I think you can pull it off. <laughs> um, but don't worry. Um, the release candidate will take us probably one month, so so there will be time to to put something important if we forget about this. Andy Dread, I see enough being used more in commercial applications recently. Ukraine. Uh, have you seen more enough used in commercial applications elsewhere? So. Um, I have no proof, and I see no proof about the commercial usage of INAF in the Ukraine. And I still stand that I will not help to weaponize any RC model. That's one of the decisions I made uh, during the beginning of the, of the conflict, or the war, not the conflict, the war in the, the Russian aggression on the Ukraine. Uh, I will not uh, participate in something like that uh, because I have because I don't have to. I don't have to make this choice. I yet it's I know it made sound strange, but this is not my country being invaded. If this was my country being invaded and I was in danger, I would probably do whatever I can to fight for my country. However, because this is not my country, and I'm just saying this honestly, Ukraine is not my country. That's, that's simple like that. I'm, I, I don't live there. I do not feel any connotations to, to, to that. So this is not my war. This is not my fight. I can fight. I, I can shoot, but that's not mean means anything in the practical meaning. So I 100% support the right to fight for the Ukrainian people. I support them. I, I on that in the way that I mm, what's the word I'm impressed how much of the heroism the Ukrainian nation shown in the last few months I'm really like shocked how how incredible thing they are doing right now however like I said this is not my war I do not have to and I decided because I don't have to I will not I don't want to have anyone on my conscience like that this is like just honestly this is not my war uh, if you want to use enough you can because I cannot prohibit anyone from this this is open source so that means anybody can access whatever they want however I do not have to support you in making that simpler than it is we've seen ardu pilot we've seen stuff okay like i said i i'm super happy this is not my my, my war and yeah 
Ah, this is not a good topic. This is definitely not a good topic. It's not for me. Because, uh, uh, but uh, commercial applications, applications of INAV uh, in different places. Mm, yes, there are. There are companies I'm aware of that uh, are using INAV, were using INAV, or uh, are thinking about using INAV. But really, we do not have to go very, very, very far to like the, the drones dropping bombs to, to see INAV applications. Uh, because, um, you know Nurk FPV, uh, the guy that has uh, right now a nice business together with the Catalyst Machine Works, and they are building lifters, flying places, and uh, shooting amazing videos. The drone he's using flies enough. All the new uh, lifters from Catalyst Machine Works that the Catalyst Machine Works is selling for thousands of dollars are flying enough. So it's even INAV3 or something. So commercial application, movie industry. Movie industry is using INAV. We know that they are also using Ardupilot. Um, and they are also using Betaflight. Why? I have no really bloody idea why they are using Betaflight. <laughs> when you kind of do not want to use <laughs> the, uh, how it's called? Uh, the emergency landing in the in the beta flight. Ah, I know drop <laughs> when you have like ten thousand dollar video equipment on your drone. That's probably not what you want to do. So, kind of makes no sense. Okay, it's fine when you have the GoPro and you just drop to the ground and it's there. But if the drone is, you have to pay five thousand dollars for the drone and then put a ten thousand dollar video equipment on top of this drone. You do not want to use the GPS rescue. Just don't, because everything will be destroyed at the end. So, uh, really, just like really Bloke says, INAF is being used commercially in the cine lifters more and more. Yes, I know. Yes, I know, because this makes 100% sense. Uh, INAF, sorry, Beta Flight maybe flies slightly better in the uh, racing and stuff like that. I'm not taking that because that's that's the fact. But Betaflight does not have features required to have the CineLifter working. Because it just doesn't. If you cannot park it in the air without like having the control, if this thing cannot land by itself, return to home by itself, then you just do not put expensive equipment on this thing. Period. Uh, Ardu Pilot on the CineLifter probably would work also wonderfully and would be great, but some people have problems with Ardu Pilot for different reasons. And migration between Betaflight and INAV is actually quite simple. So if you are proficient with bet flying Betaflight and if you want to go into the cinematic movie industry, just go to INAV because it has almost everything that you really need to be able to safely fly with super expensive drones over sometimes super expensive uh, props on the movie set that uh, every hour, every, every, every shooting day costs a shitload of money. So that kind of makes, makes sense, even let's, so, so you know, that's, that's just the reality. Um, I know there was, uh, there is, there was the company that tried to use INA for the 
law enforcement application with some kind of the reconnaissance. There was a company that had the flying bird drone like to scare off uh, birds from the airfields. Uh, I know there was a company that was trying to run with something like the electric rockets, however stupid that might be. Um, there is an application of INAF when they want to take samples of the whale tissue using rockets <laughs> and INAF. Mind blown. There, there is an idea because for, for, for research they uh, they want to have the samples of the skin of the body of the whales, like big whales, like whales. And it turned out that the, the, one of the simplest way to, to fire a rocket at the whale, so it just goes into the body, detaches, the whale survives because of the um, amount of the fat it has, uh, but, but the rocket is delivered by the, by the drone that is flying kind of. So, so that's kind of like, you know. Uh, INAF Rocket Harpoon, yes, exactly, INAF Rocket Harpoon. Um, uh, Kasra Rangefinder works, uh, surface mode works, uh, everything works, but it's it can be complicated to set up from time to time. So, like you see, there are applications where INAF in use. By the way, uh, do you know that Betaflight is thinking about uh, implementing the GPS modes now? Betaflight kind of there is a pull request in the Betaflight repository that introduced the altitude hold mode again because they dropped altitude hold a few years ago. Now it's coming back. There are talks and ideas to put the position hold. There are right now discussions about how to implement the altitude estimator. You can find everything if you want in the Betaflight repository and they are kind of like thinking how to build the altitude estimator. Uh, see how INAV does it and you will have the altitude estimator because why not? So, but that's just, yeah, um, looking for beta testers. But um, question is, The Betaflight is in a very comfortable position that in the Betaflight, how the Betaflight was understood a year understood years year ago, even by the maintainers of the of the Betaflight, that the Betaflight is concentrating on the five inch mini quads for racing and freestyle, and that means that it can be done, it can be finished. Uh, we just made the best and. They are best, uh, but if you are the best, it's really hard to evolve into the better best because you don't know what best might be. And uh, if we take a look at what really changed in the Betaflight 4.3, if we look for any kind of the groundbreaking new features uh, in the last two years, no, not really. Nothing really that dramatically changes the flight performance. Yes flight performance improvements, but nothing really that dramatically changes the flight performance. So it's kind of natural for the project to, to find a different different stuff to do. Like in this case, going into the position hold and, and, and altitude hold and stuff like that. But this is not simple. This is not simple. This is much more complex than keeping the stable flight. Because there is much more to do. 
and uh, you really have to kind of deep dive into the the physics maths and uh, quaternions to to be able to pull off something like that Einaf, and actually Constantine did it like five years ago, and luckily we only like extended uh, on that since since there. So so you know. Um, drone droid. I will not be testing GPS on beta flight unless I can set home point at mine feet, fifty meter minimum. Fucking quote. Yeah, kind of no magnetometer. That means they have to be moving, so they have to move somewhere to be able to know the heading. So, but yeah, testing something like that can be kind of kind of scary, kind of scary because this is not something you really want to. You can easily test without like with being pretty pretty close to that. Okay, I think we really can uh, slowly start to finish this live stream. Uh, not the best one, but at least I had my share of talking and ranting about this. Not DJI new FPV system, uh, so uh, so that's that's at least something uh, something something cool. Um, let's see how this thing will work out. Let's see, but I'm not upgrading. I'm based on what they showed us right now. I am not really upgrading uh, from my standard DJI goggles to the new avatar goggles because there is nothing really. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Okay, Kasra Rasse, you are in Berlin. I know someone in Berlin. <laughs> No, there are. There is at least one uh, place when probably they even had the local store before uh, the COVID uh, search for. I forgot the name. Bloody hell! I forgot the name. Wait a second. I will. Where have I bought this? Uh, flying machines. Uh, the store is called Flying Machines. They Flying Machines DE. Uh, you might be able to. Maybe they even like open. So I don't know. I don't know because I just don't know. But it was an option. So some time ago. By the way, uh, if you are in Berlin, then you are only 150 kilometers from me, me right now. And I will be in Berlin probably next week for one day. <laughs> um, yes, so so something. I'm not sure if they have a local store, but they are Berlin-based, uh, so you can uh, check that. I know, like before the the COVID, there was another local uh, RC store, but I have no idea what happened to them. Uh, so 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 you should be basically basically fine. And uh, if you. Other thing? No, not really. So that's 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 your option. That's your option. Uh, what else? Okay. So thank you very much for watching. And uh, by the way, quickly, uh, one last, one last, one last question: Who saw any of my movie etudes? The ones that I'm making this this pseudo pseudo better 
better better movies about different topics. Who watched any one of those? I, I made two, actually three, but the thir third one is not public yet, and I think this is the best one. Uh, do you like it? Or not so much, because I have a lot of really fun of uh, recording those uh, those things, those things, and I'm like more and more into the cinematic part. I have a shitload of cinematic part. I even bought myself the uh, DJI Ronin gimbal for super cheap price, because I paid like I don't know two hundred dollars, less than two hundred dollars for the used and but in good condition uh, DJI uh, Ronin gimbal. I put my camera on this and it's like, wow, now we are talking a cinematography. Now we are talking a cinema. So that was fun. Um, if you think I should continue with that, then probably tomorrow I will publish. Tomorrow? Yeah, maybe tomorrow, maybe on Monday I will publish another movie etude. That one, that one will be awesome. I will be eating ramen, by the way. So, so that will be uh, that will be nice. Yeah, I think I should make an advertisement for my for me eating ramen. Definitely, 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 definitely. So um, thank you very much for watching. Let's uh, see each other in two weeks on the 28th of May. And on the 28th of May, we're going to do the uh, INA5 event when we're going to go through all the features of the INA5. Uh, and I will probably hit the release button on the INA5 uh, release back then. Um, hopefully we will be having everything ready to, to fly. I will be doing some more tests tomorrow, not with the airplanes, because have I, I will show you something. So that's, that's my airplane. <laughs> <laughs> it's it looks so sad <laughs> like <laughs> it really does looks very sad <laughs> but before it started to look like that i really had a nice footage let me quickly show you something uh before it did that. Uh, by the way, the day was super windy and I had the CG slightly wrong, so... I love my shirt, by the way. I have a new shirt and I love it very much. Okay, so... It was super shaky. Uh, unfortunately, because of the, of the super windy day. Uh, maybe not the windy. It was not... The, the, the wind was not the fastest ever. But the weed, there was just a lot of holes in the air. Once it was nicely smooth and then it was just impossible basically to fly due to, to the differences in pressure. You see how even do this with the stabilization it shakes on the on the sides. But it's properly fast. What I like about the flybot flags is that when you open the throttle it's properly fast and I will have to convert this thing to 6S because I'm losing more and more 4S batteries and I don't you and I don't want to buy any more 4S batteries. Uh, Mr. Darren, yes, that was Peanut. Uh, Kasra, uh, yes, I'm uh, in Poland uh, right now and I work in Germany. So 
but I'm not really like that much in the often in the Germany recently. So that's yeah, like north northeast from Berlin, 150 kilometers, and you should be able to find me. That was nice. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, Mr. D, 150 kilometers per hour. Uh, but this is not the, not the most uh, aerodynamic setup, and the propeller is only seven by four. So if I if I wanted to make this thing slightly faster, I would definitely would have to change the propeller because this is running seven seven by four Gamefan Flash, not really the fastest. Uh, yeah, uh, not really the fastest uh, prop, prop ever. Uh, Ustka, oh, you was in Ustka. Nice place, by the way. I was in last time a few years ago. Uh, so uh, right now I'm somewhere between Ustka and Berlin. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for watching. Let's see in uh, two weeks uh, on the INA5 live stream. And uh, ciao!